Good morning. I'm Doug Dobing and welcome to Subject ACT. Today on Subject ACT we talk with Midnight Oil guitarist and songwriter Jim Magini about the nationally acclaimed exhibition The Making of Midnight Oil, currently at the Tuggeranong Arts Centre. We also talk to Jim about his upcoming Art Meets Music performance, The Colour Wheel. Midnight Oil has remained one of Australia's most loved music icons. The Making of Midnight Oil exhibition is an opportunity to relive the 40-year music and cultural story of Midnight Oil. This exhibition is currently hosted at the Tuggeranong Arts Centre until the 14th of May. Jim Magini's musical contribution to Midnight Oil earned him 11 arias and induction into the Aria Hall of Fame for two of his songs, Beds Are Burning and Power and the Passion. Since Midnight Oil, Jim Magini has toured the Australian Chamber Orchestra and plays in the instrumental surf band The Break with fellow Oils Rob Hurst and Martin Rootsy. The Colour Wheel is an art meets music performance and features Jim Magini's electric guitar orchestra and a trio of artists painting live on stage. There is one performance of Jim Magini's The Colour Wheel at the Tuggeranong Arts Centre on Thursday the 31st of March. Now, Jim, could you let us know how, what brings you back to Canberra? Well, I've, uh, apart from the fact I've got lots of family down here, and I love Canberra, it's the exhibition really that uh, is happening down here at the moment at the Tuggeranong Arts Centre that Rob Hurst uh, from the band and Ross Heathcote just put together from Manly Art Gallery, and, uh, which is a bit of a potted history, like a snapshot of the band's history. Somehow they've kind of encapsulated the feel of the band, like with, basically there's a lot of old posters and road cases and guitars and films and multimedia stuff. But it kind of, in this strange kind of way, it kind of works. Like, I was a little bit wary of it at first, thinking, how can you get a museum exhibition that actually can encapsulate a band? That's just such an auditory and visual, visual experience. And somehow they've kind of done it. I don't know how they did it. But you have to come around and figure it out. And tell me, I really don't know what, it's a bit of mojo going on with it, I think. Jim, what will we see in the exhibition? You walk through various rooms and there's posters and there's... Um, handwritten lyrics, there's some of the guitars, some of the really crusty old guitar pedals we used to use and, and actually I still do. Um, Rob's old drum kit, um, there's a whole stage set up with all the taxidermied animals, the roadkill kind of dingo, kangaroo that we used to take around the states on the Diesel and Dust tour. Uh, that's, that stage set's pretty much the Diesel and Dust uh, stage set uh, that's down there now. Yeah, they just, you just walk through rooms and, and maybe if you were at some of the gigs, you'll see on the, there's a big list of gigs, uh, which is about a thousand, two, four, four or five thousand gigs or something, which I personally stand in front of and kind of turn to water when I think about how much time it took out of my life. But um, I'm very proud of it, you know, and I, I you know it's, um, it's, it's a way of kind of having the band when the band isn't really around anymore, so it's a way of kind of reliving it. Because a lot of people felt possessive of the oils, they felt like they owned us a little bit and, and it's a funny, I don't know what it was about the band but that was the thing that kind of people were very passionate about what we were doing and, and, and talking about as well in terms of the subject matter and the, and the sound of the music and the fact that it was raucous and, or loud or sensitive or whatever moments we went through in the pubs and concert halls but yeah you can come here and relive that a bit and um, and a lot of, lot of our old fans, you know, bring their kids along and stuff. It's a bit of a family thing, really, in a way. Keep listening as Midnight Oil songwriter, guitarist, keyboards and vocals Jim Magini talks more about some of the big issues that the band brought attention to. Well, I, I mean, I think at, at, in a general sense, I think the band had an audience. And when we realised we had an audience, then we started to exchange ideas with them. It wasn't so much we were preaching about, you know, what we were preoccupied with at that moment. It was like we had an audience and we felt it was more... It was more interesting to sort of discuss things with people. Maybe we turn people on to some things that they didn't know about. I mean, for example, 
you know, the Indigenous battle, I mean, in those days, this was pre uh, the Bicentennial, pre the Sorry Walk, pre, you know, the, the business with Kevin Rudd saying sorry, mm. all that stuff, pre Yothi Indy even, like pre that, which changed the whole, perhaps we were sort of, in, not instrumental, but we were part of that discussion of opening up that subject to people who hadn't really, people hadn't really been thinking about it or the Aboriginal issue had been buried, you know, for whatever reasons. That, maybe the guilt or, you know, the cover-up or whatever that really happened when, when the white man came here. Mm-hmm. But, I, but you know, it just got that, it opened up that discussion and it and enabled people to get involved in it. And, and we, we did that all the whole way through and it was environment at one stage. We, were, we did the Exxon gig and we sat, sat up in front of the Exxon building and, and played, you know, at lunchtime in New York City and, and that was protesting the, uh, the Exxon oil spill up in Alaska. Where you know the guy was drunk and, and the, the the boat wasn't double hulled and it just hit this rock and then there was a huge environmental spill and they weren't really they were just trying to get out of the responsibility of cleaning up and um, so the fact we just got up and said something as a band I think music can really be the Trojan horse for the message mm-hmm. you know if you've got something to say music's a really good way to do it you know and I think a lot of bands now don't take up that point but it doesn't piss me off at all I mean it's like I'm a sucker for a good tune or a good love song as much as anybody. I love all that stuff. But with us, kind of the kind of fairly irascible lefty kind of people that we were and still are probably, um, it, it just felt more real to talk about what was really happening in the world and, and put that into song. Mm-hmm. But in a way that kind of, you know, if say if we'd done, you know, I'm just trying to think of one of our songs, um, uh, God, you know, something like... Uh, Beds are burning or something, and we just done a really dreary kind of like minor key folky version of it. It probably wouldn't have been as good because it just it would have just bummed people out. But the fact that it had a really good beat and it wasn't happy happy music, but it was powerful in its own way. And then we could put that lyrical content over the top of that, and somehow the two kind of the third thing was created out of that, which was you know the whole sound of the band, I suppose. But yeah, it was, it was all about that discussion we had with our audience, really. And, and so anything, we, whether it was even surfing, because we did a lot of songs about surfing, um, or the rise of Pauline Hanson, you know, we, there were certain things we did bang on about a bit, and everyone sort of says we're up on our soapbox, but really, I just don't think we wanted to write love songs. We wanted to write things that were important to us as, as Australians, really, and very sort of proud of the place, and you know, wanted to sort of bring that into, into the fore. And it was always that thing of taking the forelock to America and bands going over there trying to make it and turning into Americans or turning into English people in order to be accepted. And it never really worked, you know. The, the best bands, whether it's the Easy Beats or, you know, Akadaka, you know, they just stuck to their guns and they didn't change their tune. They were just who they were and weren't trying to ingratiate themselves to anybody. And they, just, they just stood for something. And, and uh, I think we're probably, you know, I like to think maybe that's what we were part of that group, you know. I, I like to think we were. Thank you for listening to Subject ACT. I'm Doug Dobing on 2XXFM 98.3. You are listening to Midnight Oil's guitarist and songwriter Jim Magini talking about Midnight Oil and their nationally acclaimed exhibition The Making of Midnight Oil and his Art Meets Music performance The Colour Wheel. Uh, are there still some issues that you would like to challenge, say, in your music? <laughs> uh, well, um... I th- you know, the irony with all this stuff is like a song like Short Memory, you know, which was done in 1982, you know, now it's t- 2016. It's like the same things are still happening mm-hmm. um, everywhere. That's the same, you know, because it's human beings with other human beings. So you get this 
attrition, it's always the same. It's always the same problems keep coming up again. You can still keep saying the same song. It's, it's the same thing with Aboriginal affairs. I mean, things have moved along, but there's still a basic lack of acknowledgement of, of what really happened here. And there's still the cover-up and what really happened. And I, I, I just think that that should be in our history books. And I mean, I'm really gratified sometimes seeing you know, people say, hey, you know, we studied your song in, in history or some kasuki <laughs> comes up. You know, they've got the lyrics to US forces or, or beds are burning or dead hard in it. And, uh, you know, and, and I mean, Rob Hurst as well, who's been a big part of this exhibition, I mean, he's such a good lyricist. And, you know, the standard was pretty high in the band. Like, you couldn't bring a crappy song in. You know, you'd have to really pull your socks up if, you were, if, it was, if the band was going to do it and really write something great, you know, and um, to have it played. Uh, yeah, look, look I, I think we just, in terms of now, what the subject matters are, I mean, it's all, really now it's all about globalisation and the fact we're all interconnected and, and, and maybe the whole thing with terrorism and the fact that, you know, people are just doing the most heinous stuff. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's almost overpowering and, and people can get very discouraged. But, I mean, you know, I have to say this, that when Peter... We're talking about this, this discussion that we have with your audience. When Peter, the next logical step for, for Peter was was to go into politics yes, after yeah. being in this, you know, and 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 that's a bear pit, you know. He went into it, and uh, I, I I'm really proud of him. And maybe he didn't achieve what you know everybody thought he might achieve, but he did some really good things, and it's all there on the record. And you know, you you go and try and do it. You want to go in there and do that? Well, go have a go and see how you go with it. <laughs> I don't think there's any of them that come out of it unscathed. You know. Would there ever be a chance where the where the oils get together for another at least a gig or a tour? Oh, look, I reckon like we've done a couple since we split up. We did a bushfire benefit and in 2009 in Melbourne, and then we did uh, the tsunami benefit in 2005. But um, the Indonesian thing, uh, the Sri Lankan thing. Um, yeah, look, we'll get together if it's a good cause. You know, I don't think it'll ever be for the money. No, <laughs> we'll just no. if there's something to say or there's something to help out, I will do that. You know, like we don't have to. You know, it's like. It, I don't know about the tour and the waistcoats and the RSL clubs, I don't know about all that stuff. <laughs> I couldn't have pictured you doing that. But briefly, um, when you toured with the Indigenous band, that was quite new and controversial. What were some of the things that you learned personally um, from that tour, touring with an Indigenous band? Well, I mean, that was like, my life was in two halves, really, the, the bit before that and the bit after that, you know, that was a defining moment to sort of find a country within a country and there was a Warumpi band and, and I, I still love those guys in fact Sammy and from Warumpi so I named my son after him and Neil Murray that I, I still work with he's the white fella that wrote a lot of the songs we still work together a lot and I love that I just love what they're on about it was all about the inclusiveness but they weren't preaching it you could just see by looking at them that's what they were talking about all these white fellas black fellas off on the stage rocking out and getting the audience really fired up and um it, it, it was, yeah, it was profoundly um, spiritual experience going out to the desert and hanging out with those people and, and, under, and, and just realising that the humour, the art, it was all so positive, but all the stereotypes that we've been fed as growing up were like the paddy wagons, the alcohol, you know, there was none of that. It was just, it was a beautiful kind of experience of kind of meeting those people and hanging out. And that, that people were so productive and none of this sort of media stuff that people are fed. You know. It was, it was sort of, and then the Diesel and Dust album that we did after that was our attempt to sort of decipher that experience, which was sort of stirred so many things up in everybody. Um, and that was the irony about that, was that, you know, who would have thought that that would have been the album that would be the most successful album. Yeah. Now, Jim, you have a, 
a colour wheel performance. Or would you tell us a bit about that, please? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the colour wheel. I, I, I love uh, the electric guitar, as probably people know. Um, and I've got an orchestra with six electric guitars in it. And I've written the music as part of the Campbelltown Arts Centre. I was like the artist in residence in 2014. And it's just basically a gig where I've written the music. It's very dreamy in parts. It's, it's visceral in other parts. And we have painters painting at the same time. It sounds like hippie waffle, doesn't it? And then, and then lighting that goes with it. But the idea is to induce synesthesia in people so you can have that thing, experience of sound and colour at the same time. And um, people are kind of, it can be, some people just don't get it, other people love it. Like it's, you know, I really cried when you did the green bit, you know, or the, or the red just made me really pissed off, or, you know, I felt like I was underwater, or at this, in this one, you know. It's very um, uh, unusual in Australia to do it, like, you know, but in New York there's quite a lot of guitar orchestras, Glenn Branker and Steve Reich's done stuff, you know, there's, you know, Reese Chatham, fantastic guitar orchestra guy. So, you know, I'm sort of going down that track with it and it's a great excuse for me to sort of be full-blooded about writing music again and uh, getting back into that. I've done a lot of record production in the last few years, but I'm sort of cutting back on that and just getting back more into writing again. Um, this has been a really great vehicle to do it. So we're playing in Canberra on the 31st at Chagwanong Art Centre. So that'll be, yeah, come along, it'll be another shared experience. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say to Canberra before we wrap up this morning? Oh, Canberra. Uh, <laughs> keep on rocking in the free world. <laughs> Jim, thank you very much. Today we also featured some of the music from Jim Mugini's The Colour Wheel. Oil exhibition will be at the Tuggerong Art Centre until the 14th of May. If you're living in the Canberra region, tickets are still available for one performance of Jim Magini's The Colour Wheel at the Tuggerong Art Centre on the 31st of March. For more information about the exhibition and other Midnight Oils events, go to www.tuggeronongarts.com. I'm Doug Daving. Thank you for listening to Subject ACT for local current affairs and news on 2XXFM 98.3.